stolen the power of the gods, Billy. This is very personal. <laughs> it's my Helen Mirren impression. <laughs> That's a good impression. Wasn't she in? I mean, you, you haven't seen a Fast and Furious film recently, but I'm pretty sure she plays Jason Statham's character's mom in that franchise. Oh, Jesus. So in Shazam, when Zach Levi is doing the, the fucking Fast and Furious bit, I was like, oh, she knows. Yeah. All about family. Yeah. And I've seen more <laughs> Fast and the Furious films than you. <laughs> really? That, no, that's what he says to her. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> she, she should have been like, I'm in them. <laughs> I'm in those. I was born in it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we're getting Fast 10. And I can't believe the plot isn't like they're trying to kill God to resurrect Paul Walker. Missed opportunity. That could be... I heard there's going to be 12 of them, so there's there's still two left. That's true. <laughs> that That's that's cinema. That's Kino. It's high art. Kino? Kino. It's like the cinephiles. It's a slang, I guess, for... Like the best like of the, the best. Yeah, like the the classiest films. Those are Kino. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. I've never actually heard it said, but I've seen it online. How do you know it's not pronounced Kino? You're right. I don't know. Well, because it comes from kinescope, right? I don't know. Would that be kinescope? I don't know. I don't know. Cinescope. Yeah. Cino. Maybe. Well, it's spelled with a K when it's in its slang. But I'm notorious for mispronunciation, so. That's true. Yeah. Which, which is shocking to me because you're very eloquent. No. Yeah. I would say. I've heard it both ways. More than most. <laughs> um, yeah, today we're doing something uh, interesting. To me, at least. Something uh, I was unsure if we do because of the quality and caliber. The expected quality level. Uh, we're doing a DC film. I just want to give a little background on DC really quick. James Gunn and... Peter Safran. Peter Safran. Safran? Like the rice? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the same. No, uh... They recently took over DC and they're now doing, they've set up essentially what Marvel has done with the Marvel universe for DC. And there's a lot of hype around that, probably even more so than Marvel right now, I would say, to kind of build the DC universe out and make a, a cohesive crossing over of multiple films and so forth and so forth. And it'll be really cool if it's pulled off, but he also kind of announced that simultaneously and interwoven throughout where they're going to have elseworld properties that kind of have nothing to do with what they're creating in the new DC universe. And the elseworld properties will be like the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the, uh, Matt Reeves, Batman. I was going to say the actor's name, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, Batman. And this is kind of one of them as well. Zachary Levi and David F. Sandberg's Shazam film franchise. This is the sequel to the original Shazam film, the first Shazam. It's called Shazam Fury of the Gods. And uh, this film is, I would say, inundated with behind-the-scenes problems that I think have gave it, it did not set it up for success. One of the biggest issues was that it was delayed a bunch because of the pandemic. It was delayed by like a year and a half just to start filming. It was supposed to have a two-year turnaround. So we were supposed to see this movie two years ago. Instead, they came out four years apart from one another. So not only did the pandemic delay it, 
But all the changes of the behind the scenes of Warner Brothers and the Discovery buyout and then the DC Universe announcement and the the cancellation of, you know, current DC properties like Batgirl and stuff delayed this film even further. So we get this film four years after the original sequel. And it's kind of a shame because I think there's a lot here that it would have played a lot better two years ago (laughs) than it did today. And even today, if you can put your mind, your head in the mindset of four years ago when you first saw the Shazam film and kind of just remember what it was like to watch that movie and feel the feelings that that movie made you feel, which are very like, you know, childlike and, and exploration and wonder and what it would like to be a superhero. And it's a lot of fun and did a good job with a lot of those kind of themes. Um, then this movie is a fun time. If you can put your head in that mind space, if you can't, because it's been four years and you're like, why do I care about this? There's a whole new direction for the DC universe anyway, then it might just kind of appear like a flop, which is unfortunate because I think this movie is actually good. I think it just landed at the wrong time. But yeah, so today we're talking about Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah. Yes. The direct sequel to Shazam. Yeah. Should we give a quick premise? Yeah. You talk about it. You, Rachel Zegler's in this. Yeah. We pick up with our sundry foster family. Billy Batson and his adopted brothers and sisters all now have powers. So we see them, their younger versions with their superhero versions throughout the film. Except for Mary, who is the same actress now. Yeah. In both versions. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her a lot. Um, and there's this new emerging threat. The daughters of Atlas are here to reclaim what's theirs, their birthright, this this power of the gods that uh, was the power that the wizard stole. He was the wizard that imbued Billy Batson with uh, the Shazam power. Yeah. <laughs> In the first film. So Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu and Rachel Zegler, spoilers, I guess from here on out, are the three daughters of Atlas. Rachel Zegler's much cooler than her sisters. And uh, they're here to, to fight and to, to kill and take their stuff back. They want to get their powers back because I guess the wizards stole all their powers. Mm-hmm. And then they want to reestablish their home. That's their motive. Which is unclear where that is. But they, but they also, yeah, yeah, it's like in some realm, that, realm that he banished them to. And then, and then all the powers had been sucked out of it because the wizards stole the powers or something. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, something like that. But the sisters don't agree. Yeah, they each Spoilers. have uh, a little bit different way to go about it. Helen Mirren, who's kind of the ringleader, she just wants to get her stuff back and go and recreate her world. And then leave the humans alone. Yeah. Even though she's, you know, she doesn't like humans per se, but she doesn't want to take over their world. Lucy Liu is much more antagonistic, and she ends up stabbing Helen Mirren with a dragon. <laughs> and taking over, she's much more belligerent, and she sends this otherworldly scourge and puts weeds all over Philadelphia and demons start roaming the streets for our big third act climax. Which was pretty cool. And Rachel Zegler's in love with Freddie Freebie, aka Jeff, <laughs> aka Captain Every Power, and they have this blossoming romance, so Captain Every Power. <laughs> she <laughs> Rachel Zegler ends up helping our heroes to save their mortal plane from decimation and desolation. And that's basically what happens. Shazam's arc is kind of uh, Billy Batson's learning to let go. There's, it's weird because like 
the whole thing is about family and coming together, but it's also learning to let go and let people do their own thing. And he ends up making this big sacrifice play at the end to save Philadelphia. He goes nuclear, killing the dragon and Lucy Liu and the evil tree of death in the center of the stadium. And you think Billy Batson's dead, but a couple minutes later, he is resurrected by Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> and by Gal Gadot herself. Gal Gadot comes in, although I feel like she was never on set with the rest of our cast because you only see her through shots that are like over the shoulder or straight on her. Oh yeah. So I, but it's still it's cute. You know, it's I didn't I didn't love it, but especially now with Gal Gadot potentially just being you know finished well she is she is yeah it's she's no longer part of the dcu so right here we're gonna play a song okay i got a little jazzy number for you it's called uh time move slow by bad bad not good i don't know if you've listened to them before it's another track i was gonna put or have put in the the four steven playlist that is very slowly developing yeah i've heard heard rumors whisper whispers (laughs) of this playlist yeah it's a good little track uh, easy listening, so we'll play it here. was one other cast member I did want to mention, actually, because we spend, as far as non-superhero versions of our cast go, we got to see a lot of Freddy, played by Jack Dylan Grazer, who is my favorite kid actor in this franchise. That kid, in my opinion, is pretty good. Yeah. And he has a couple sequences in this movie where he gets to really show his uh, acting under pressure face, because he's being like psychically tortured by Lucy Liu or the the daughters of Alice and he's like resisting yeah but he's like it's excruciating they're you know, like <gasps> he's he's powerful <laughs> yeah it's like whoa 
he's pretty resilient. He must because he's crippled. <laughs> it's really it's unclear. Again, like most things, but but yeah, he gets. It, it's nice seeing him. He he was like another one of my favorite parts from the It franchise. Oh yeah, yeah he played young Eddie. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. So no, he's re- he's really good. This should have just been his movie. He's much more interesting to me than Billy at this point. And he actually had more story-wise, you know, like mm-hmm. character arc-wise, than Billy in this film. Especially because Billy Batson and Zachary Levi's Shazam feel, in my opinion, like two different characters. Billy doesn't act the way... I mean, you can, you know, explain this and rationalize it, but Zachary Levi is pretty extra in this in these franchise movies. Like, his, his Shazam is very kind of silly and sardonic. And just feels different to me than the kid who plays Billy. So that that character dissonance for me makes Jack Dylan Grazer's character the standout here. I hear what you're saying, and I I think parts of that are true. Maybe I kind of took it more like when he's Billy, he's less confident, and he's also dealing with more. He's usually dealing with more serious things, like talking to his mom, his adopted mom, or um, you know, he he has more serious things to do. So you don't get to see that more silly side of him. Mm. And then when he's Zachary Levi, he's more confident and he's sillier, you know? That's true. So I, I don't know. I, I, in the first movie, it played a lot better. And I do, I definitely think Zachary Levi was on screen more than the kid who played Billy Batson was in this <laughs> movie. And, and we saw more of Freddie in this film a lot yeah. more. And so, because he had his powers taken away like four times. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. Also shout out to Diedrich Bader who was forced to walk off a roof. Yeah. <laughs> that was gnarly. Like that guy, I, yeah. When that happened, I was like, oh, okay. We got some little real stakes, sort of. That was thing. actually something I wanted to bring up was one of the big points for me for this movie, which made it like much more enjoyable than, for instance, recent uh, Marvel entries, is that they show some pretty brutal deaths in this movie. I mean, they don't show you Diedrich Bader's corpse after he walked off the the roof but there's a gal <laughs> there's a girl in this film like an oh, extra yeah. who has almost a minute sequence yeah where after philadelphia has been like wasted there's eggs that pop up everywhere and there's this giant scorpion monster that comes out and skewers this poor chick and then throws her yeah it's a pretty horrific sequence and i was like wow we got that in our what is this movie rated it's pretty close to being 13 uh dark enough for an r rating in my opinion but there's a few moments like that in the movie that, uh, and for me, seeing that violence <laughs> elevates it just a little bit. It gives it uh, like a feeling of, you know, there's stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think this director particularly does a good job with making these films feel just a, a tinge more grounded. Yeah. And and the execution of direction, you know, if you're comparing it to Quantumania, I think he did a much better job than peyton reed did with quantum mania so um this this director is interesting i looked up his history he doesn't have a lot of things like this in his repertoire in his past and so he blew up from his horror film yeah and so then he did this and i'm like well this is a very different thing so but there's a lot of there's a lot about these movies like the unicorns that are like super demented and like crazy so anyway yeah, I, I really like this movie a lot, actually. I thought it had, in my opinion, it had the same vibe and feeling that it gave me of just like a fun blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. 
and I was enjoying it. Like I, I really, I was laughing out loud a lot at the jokes and I found myself just having a good time. I liked it just as much, if not more than the first one. And that's saying something. I don't know if it's saying a lot, but it's saying something. First Shazam is pretty well loved. And I, yeah, the one thing I want to say too is because I think it is good. You know, it's not bad. I think it, I think it would have done better at the box office because it's being considered a bomb, which is super unfortunate because I, I do think it has merit and quality about it. But it is being considered a bomb because it's not doing very well because of a number of other things. But I, I really wish it doesn't bomb. And I, I could see this character transition over to the DC universe pretty easily. Because I do think this is a good iteration of Shazam. Well, they have the weird post credit scene where James Gunn's wife walks up and says, hey, you want to be part of a team? Remember that? Or did you leave the theater? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, unclear yeah, yeah. like if that was uh, something that Justice was... Society. Yeah. That's the same one we saw in Black Adam, though. Right. But it was James Gunn's Peacemaker team. I know. That, so it's he's still not... I, know. His, I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. It's unclear. It's weird, for sure. I, for, I, was, like, I was thinking James Gunn's wife, and I forgot that those people were married. Or... Yeah. Or dating, or something like that. Yeah, but I liked it too. I, I went in with pretty low expectations for the movie because I had seen this trailer like a billion times in theaters. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I really liked it. I really wish that it did better at the box office. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but films are hard to make. Really, really hard. And a lot of people spend a lot of time and energy and money and painstaking hours trying to make things just look good to work. And I'm not saying every film is good to watch and, and exciting, but I, I do wish at least that these films broke even, uh, there was some sort of, I don't know, gratitude from just casual viewers instead of all the hate that we see online. <laughs> Because films are really freaking hard to make. Like from from the top down, producing, directing, acting, all the VFX work that goes into it, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people that do VFX work. This is a very VFX heavy film. And these people, everyone that works on it, it's like, oh, you can say that you worked on it and that's great. But if the film is a bomb, it's a little less great for that person that worked on that thing because it's considered a bomb. So for a film like this to be considered a bomb is, I think, the, the true tragedy here. And I wish that I wish that the film industry wasn't what it is, which is like, you know, it's based on money. And, and a lot of people put in a lot of hard work and effort and energy and then get robbed of their, their day in the sun. And I really hate to see it, especially with a film like this, because this isn't a bad movie. Like I said earlier, it's just landed at a, bad, at a bad time. So anyway, that's how I feel about it. I enjoyed it. I laughed. Did you cry? Mm. When Billy died? I, la I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, we'll see if we see Shazam again. We don't know. It'd be nice if he was in the DCU. I think he's probably the only character that could easily transition. You know? Yeah, that's true. We're going to see some pretty obscure properties from James Gunn. Just keep them and then, and then have them come in when they make the inevitable Justice League film or whatever. You know? Yeah. Or Justice Society. Again. <laughs> yeah. Without Pierce Brosnan. Anyway, so here at the end, we're going to play a song. A piece of the score, I guess. <laughs> Nothing I remember. 
at all off the top of my head but yeah i don't really remember here's something here's a piece of the score from shazam fury of the gods <laughs> 2023 